it's child abuse. In America, we have the right to raise our kids in the religious tradition that that we uh, that we want. I am here to say that that is wrong. Religion, when forced on children under five years old and fed to them in the manner of indoctrination, is very hard for them ever to give up. They have no capacity to question what they're being told. Religion, in fact, wouldn't survive if it wasn't for the indoctrination of children. It is my position and the position of the atheist underground that religion is like a drug. Religion is something that should be chosen by adults when they are old enough to choose to fool themselves if they want to. When you are young and your parents teach you that certain things are a certain way, you will grow up and you will never be able to get away from that and you will have it with you for the rest of your life. Stop indoctrinating children. When they get to 16, they can choose their own stupid religion. Welcome to another episode of Audis is Hottest. My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And to start off, you just heard a clip from a TikTok channel, and it is at Atheist Underground. And that is just an opinion. And we're going to talk about that opinion. And in this episode, we're going to talk about, you know, we had a couple ideas. First, we were going to talk about, you know, the fear of hell and hell trauma and scaring children with hell. And that is kind of what we're still going to talk about. But then we were, you know, are we just going to talk about the indoctrination of children in general? Probably. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that would be a good springboard into just like hell trauma in general. So let's talk about it because we were both indoctrinated as children into our own respective religions. Mm -hmm. And if I told my mother that she indoctrinated me as a child, she would lose her mind, I think. Because yeah. that has a very negative context, you know. Oh, it definitely does. I don't necessarily feel indoctrinated mostly because my mom was more like one of those Easter Christmas Catholics like where we showed up every once in a while there were there was a time in my life where we went quite a bit every single weekend but I don't know I don't feel very indoctrinated but yes I was young when and I think that's part of why I still struggle with getting rid of Catholicism for myself is because I've had it my whole life yeah, I think that any time you introduce a child into something that influential at such a young age, it just becomes part of them, you know, whether that is, you know, religion or Christmas traditions, even if you're not religious or, you know, what do you do on Halloween? Like you just keep that with you into adulthood. Right. My big comparison that I'm struggling with would be McDonald's. A big thing that my mom and I used to do when I was younger is go to Walmart and there was a McDonald's in the store. So we'd go get a big bag of French fries and chicken nuggets and we'd wander through the store and eat that. And now I struggle so bad with McDonald's. It's just like my comfort food when I just, I don't know what I want. I want to go get French fries. Right. Like I was indoctrinated young with that. Yeah. These habits form and also thoughts. Thoughts are difficult mm -hmm. to break. And that's why there are so many young people that are so politically different from their parents, but struggled to get out of that. And also why you still see some young people holding on to these very toxic ideals, mm -hmm. the GOP, for example, <laughs> why, you know, let's look at Caitlin Bennett, for example. Do you know who that is? I do not. Okay. So Caitlin Bennett is a young millennial gun toting, she has Liberty Hangout TV. She is just like, if you took every horrific, racist, anti-vaccine, just like take everything that you hate about the GOP, every nasty talking point, and put a loudmouth blonde <laughs> white girl that's about our age as the talking point, that's Caitlin Bennett. Awesome. And she goes to college campuses and she's kind of called the gun girl. She takes a microphone and she tries to own the lives, but it's very rarely successful. <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those things. Or she open carries on purpose in gun free zones like schools. Oh, what yeah. a bitch. To prove a point, like this is my Second Amendment right kind of shit. Just if you don't know who Caitlin Bennett is, look it up. It's unfortunate but kind of entertaining she actually just got covid and said it was really terrible shocking right oh good for her mm -hmm. yeah it's like it's one of those things where like you try really hard not to wish harm or covid on people but then like there are some people where you're like yeah 
you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. I keep seeing them pop up on Instagram like these loud mouth fucking conservative Republican people who have been all about no vaccine and then they're dying and I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> You're like, well, there there was something to help that. Right? Exactly. You know, I see a lot of nurses on TikTok, for example, and they're, they are, you know, stitching and making duets with, if you don't know on TikTok, you can basically just... You know, it's called stitching someone's video where they make a video and then you put part of their video in your video and somebody is on a respirator saying, I wish I had taken the vaccine and these nurses are stitching it and they're like, you know, you see these videos and for a while we were like, see, like you're, you know, there was something to help you. We got, we just don't want you to end up like this. And now they're like, here's another one. Like, we're tired of seeing this because there have been tens and dozens and dozens of these videos, like maybe even hundreds of them of these anti-vaxxers dying and pleading with y'all to get this vaccine because now they're dead. Yeah. Like, we're tired. We're we're tired of hearing it. Yep. But that's not why we're here. I think we talk about (laughs) vaccines in every episode. We're just tired. Like, y'all are dragging out this pandemic for the rest of us, too. Exactly. And you're risking people's lives who have already gotten the vaccine. So as of recording this today, I just found out that my 87-year-old grandmother, who is in a nursing home, had the vaccine last year, y'all. Had it. Now she has COVID. And she has dementia and, you know, Mm. obese problems. She has diabetes. Like, this is probably what will kill her. So thank you. Thank you for whoever brought that in. Right. And... Even though there is a healthcare mandate with vaccines, that's fairly new. So could have been yep. a CNA or you know a nurse, a administrative person. Could have been like, I have a medical visiting. reason or a religious exemption. I have asthma. That's going my grandmother to be, actually has asthma. So thank you. Yeah, that this the religious exemptions coming up is that's going to be the next biggest problem. Yes, mm-hmm. because they're going to just give anyone a religious exemption for schools and things like that. Anyways, indoctrination. So anytime you're young and these habits form, these thought patterns form, adults have to be very careful because children, like the saying goes, are sponges. Anything you say and anything you do can be taken into adulthood. Like there are opinions that my parents had that, you know, I had to work really hard to break away from or even like had about people that they knew that I didn't know, but because they said like one thing about that person, I then had an opinion about that person, even though I didn't know them, mm-hmm. you know, I get that. like, Oh my God, that neighbor is so annoying. I didn't know that neighbor, but then I was telling my friends, Oh my God, we have this annoying neighbor. I had never met that neighbor in my entire life. You know what I mean? Yes. I have an example. Do not hate my mother for this. I was like six and had no idea. So I'm, I'm prefacing with that. I had met a friend and she actually turned out to be my best friend for like a couple years. And I was Catholic. That's the only religion I really knew. And she told me she was Jewish. And I told her, I was like, don't tell my mom that. I didn't know. Like my mom is not anti-Semitic. That was not the problem. I was just like, you can't tell her you have another religion. But my mom had never said anything before. So kids make assumptions on things, especially with religion, when they don't even necessarily need to. Right. Yeah. And that's also a cultural thing. Like you hear something yeah. in the media one time or exactly. in a movie. I'm like, oh, you're Jewish. It meant nothing to me or anybody else. Yeah. But it was a buzzword. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So talking about religion specifically. So I was definitely indoctrinated as a young child. The only thing that I had working for me was something I think I was born with, probably anxiety. And <laughs> But religion exacerbated that for me quite a bit. I bet. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that a little bit too. But I always felt, and I have talked about this and I will talk about this in nauseam. So I'm sorry if this gets repetitive, but even as a young child, God was very scary to me. Like as you know, we talked about the old Testament and in Sunday school, they try to spin it, but you know, the old Testament God has racked up like millions of kills, right? You're right. The kill count's very high. (laughs) And it just always seemed like there was this oxymoron with God's love. It was the greatest love and God is love and this and that. But I felt like that was not necessarily true. 
Turns out I was fucking yeah. right. Well, know? that's why it's fucking ridiculous to put the Old Testament and the New Testament together. How are you supposed to explain that to a child? Yeah, he's a fucking prick there, but he's okay here. Right. And it also didn't make sense to me that the Old Testament God and the New Testament God were the same God because if the Old Testament God and the New Testament God, like God just sent God to save God's people, like he could have just not been a dick and not put stipulations <laughs> on his people that he was supposed to love unconditionally. You know what I mean? Right. He literally gave you a cognitive system, your brain to, you know, he, it, he didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a game that he was playing to see who was going to feed his narcissism the best and reward them with heaven. And then the ones who were not good enough and who used their, in some cases, like in sex, a biological gifts to their advantage. It just seemed really cruel to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't understand sex obviously when I was like three and four and five and six, but I did understand that God was scary. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've talked about this before too. The first time I watched Prince of Egypt, scared the bejesus out of me like oh my god like it's a beautiful movie and i will admit that like it is one of the like most magnificent films that has ever been made especially for being animated the music yeah, the animation oh my god i love Prince stunning go yeah. dreamworks i can watch it now and appreciate it as a film and as a story but as a child i can literally remember i i can see it in my head as if i'm watching like a film like in third person I'm sitting on the couch watching this movie as if I'm watching a horror movie for the first time. And I can't look away as the the breath of God is stealing the life out of the firstborn sons. How old were you? Five years old. Okay. Four or five. I was in the very first house I ever lived in in Texas. And we moved out of that house when I was seven. So I was probably about five, depending on when that movie came out. So... And I just remember I couldn't look away because I was so scared and I would lay in bed wondering if God was going to steal my breath because I had done something mean to my brother mm -hmm. or like I would even tell my mom like, do we need to go fucking slaughter a lamb? Like, you know what I mean? And put the blood up. God damn. I didn't understand the conditions. You yeah. know what I mean? Like what are, what are my conditions here? Where can you mess up? When when is it too too much? Because they show you God's wrath, right? Yeah, and they tell you that He is love, and I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. Make it make sense to me, and they couldn't answer those questions, and I couldn't verbalize them as a child. So I just would sit there. And, you know, when we, I was raised Presbyterian and then we converted to Methodist, which isn't really a conversion. I mean, they're pretty similar, but for the first, you know, six or seven years of my life, we went to a Presbyterian church. And I just remember we would go up in front of the church for like this children's story time before they pulled us out of the main ministry, before they got into the main sermon for the adults when they knew all the kids would just like fall asleep or start getting <laughs> antsy. Right. But before they did that, they would take us up there and start to tell a story about what the children's ministry was going to do that day. And I just would sit up there and listen. And it just was so much more confusing and scary to me than it was ever comforting. And I just remember that being such a huge source of anxiety. But of course, at the time, I didn't know what anxiety was. Mm -hmm. It just made my stomach hurt. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Or it just made me like, I didn't understand i remember that same church we got pulled and it was noah's ark that was the story and i remember we were just supposed to color noah's ark and i was just thinking about the flood part you know and i just was like so we got two of every animal and noah right and i didn't we didn't never really talk about noah's family really so i knew noah and then we talked about the rest of the world just got flooded and drowned. And I'm like, what the fuck? As like a five-year-old. And then we're singing songs about Noah. And I'm like, is nobody going to talk about all the people that died? <laughs> I know not all of those people deserve to die. But God didn't care. Mm -hmm. Because his own creation disappointed him so much. And I, I just still just, you know, have trouble comprehending that, you know. But as yeah. a child, everything that was being taught to me 
I just could not connect the dots in my head. And that's, you know, for a parent, you just want your kid to buy everything you're saying. What if you end up with a kid like me, you know, like I'm not trying to like be like beep, beep, toot my own horn, but I was too fucking smart for that shit. You know what I mean? I wasn't exactly what I was going to say. I wasn't buying it. Yeah. I was not buying what you were selling. (laughs) That'd have been perfect for how Connor wants to raise our kids. Like he wants them to ask questions and I'm like, okay, then once they're annoying, you get to deal with them on the, but why, but why, but why? You know, I think teaching a world religions kind of taking it from like a classroom perspective is, you know, different than like being like, this is your God and your Jesus. And you basically pledge allegiance and pray and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like knowing all the religions of the world is one thing. And I think it comes at a certain point would be different. Yeah, definitely. I didn't have those problems with religion. My problems are the same problem I've had forever. Same thing going along with public speaking. I also, it's interesting that Amanda said this. I've never told this story to anyone before. Oh my God, yay. I'm so excited. (laughs) I had anxiety issues with religion because of the social anxiety with religion because especially in catholicism because of the getting up and holding hands and you know peace be with you and all of that stuff like you're supposed to shake strangers hands and things like that like no don't talk to me don't look at me please leave me alone please don't touch me i ended up i got all of my sacraments except i have yet to get my confirmation and i have haven't done that because basically when I was about 15, 16, I decided I couldn't deal with the social aspect of it anymore. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I never went back and got it. But it's funny that Amanda says that about the stomach ache because when I was probably 11, 12, I kept getting terrible, terrible stomach aches when I would be in church. And it was to the point where we would have to leave basically every single time we were in mass. And I, in my brain, because the director basically pulled me aside at one point and was like, because sure, I'm sure now as an adult, I realized they thought that I was just being a brat and didn't want to go and I was lying. I wasn't. I think it was the anxiety giving me stomach attacks. But I, in my brain, thought they were going to think I was possessed. Like, because every time, like I was Damien, like from the Omen, that's all I thought of. I was like, oh my God, they're going to think that I'm getting stomach attacks because I have like the devil inside or something. Oh, that's so sad. I mean, anxiety in children, since they can't communicate it often just, you know, is like GI issues. Yeah. I had never even like. I'm glad you brought that up because I had never considered that before. I was like, yeah, that was weird. But now you're you're fucking right. That's crazy. And had I known that, probably would have helped a lot. I had chronic stomach aches as a child. And my mom was constantly like sitting in bed with me, giving me medication for it. Like we had like stomach medication on deck because I would just lay awake and moan because my stomach hurt. And it would always be before like looking back like the first day of school or like a Mm -hmm. project or something. And my mom feels bad now because I told her and I was like, you know what that was? Children can't communicate anxiety and they don't know what it is. And so their stomachs just hurt. And my mom was like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad because I didn't know. And I was like, well, you don't know what you don't know. I didn't know. You know, that's not something you should feel bad about. But as an adult, I know now. And if I ever had a child or when you have children, if if their stomachs constantly hurt, it's an anxiety response. I mean, if you rule out GI stuff, I mean, you know, rule that out too. But (laughs) for me personally, I've just always been a, I have generalized anxiety disorder and I have had that my entire life it it just is something that I I know was exacerbated by a lot of things and I have had trauma in my life that has exacerbated it as I got went through adolescenthood but even as a young child I think it was just I was born and wired to be anxious and I have some mental health issues in my lineage so Mm -hmm. I think that I was just born to be have anxiety as you know the driver of my car we all have our things right (laughs) yeah anxiety drives mine and depression rides passenger and just kind of speaks up here and there and yeah I would just it is what it is I guess but like when I learned about and you know what else speaking of like hell when we were starting this off like I think that's when religion kind of you know in the beginning clip he's he was adamant that he believes that 
religion and indoctrination of religion is child abuse. I have, that is a very strong opinion. Yes, it is. You know, I can definitely see where it's coming from and I don't necessarily adamantly disagree with it, but I, the, the abuse word is what really kind of, you know, mm, I think that it can be Mm -hmm. in like extreme evangelical situations. But I also think when I look at where, you know, I came from, you know, a lot of those children were in very loving homes and church can be a sense of community and a happy place. Right. That's when you originally mentioned this topic to me, you mentioned it as hell is child abuse. And I sat there going, I don't know how I feel about that because at the same time, it's kind of the same thing. Like, I feel like it could be, it could absolutely be used as child abuse, but then, you know, maybe not. Like it didn't bother me that way, but you know, it does fuck some kids up. And I think that's where the problem lies in just the hell doctrine in general. The problem is I don't, Now, I know this is a personal belief that I hold and a lot of atheists hold and even some sects of religion, you know, if hell doesn't exist and it didn't even really in some religious text, even in Christianity and Catholicism, maybe not Catholicism, I'm sorry. Jews don't have a That's what I'm saying. It was invented as a form of control and you know, keep control of the masses. And so that's where I really have a problem with that because, and I've told you this before, when hell was introduced, I was still a young child in single digits. Mm -hmm. And when I'm already an anxious little, little tiny being, right? right? Like it's not okay to tell a child that they're loved unconditionally by a greater God with conditions. And if you break those conditions, you are damned to an eternity of torture and hellfire. Okay. That will just spiral a lot of children and honestly fuck them up for the rest of their lives. Even accepting my atheism, I still think about that. Like, I bet. Like, even all of the, you know, I'm like, what if I'm fucking wrong? You know what I mean? Like, I know exactly what you mean. I've mentioned the same thing, too, about Catholicism and suicide. Like, if you commit suicide, you go to hell. And I don't personally believe that. But every time I hear about a suicide, it pops into my brain for at least a split second. Right. And, you know, I I just... I would never do that to like my, any child that I loved and that's not something that I want to believe in, like regardless of whether it is or it isn't. And obviously I don't think that it is, but I don't really want any part of that belief system that you can live a good life and truly help people and be there for people and do good deeds. And honestly, even if you didn't go out of your way to do good deeds, if you are just here trying to do the best you fucking can in this shithole of an earth right now, and you don't harm others, and you are still condemned to hell for not doing these stupid prayers and all this shit the to feed an ego of some god, and you'll still be damned to eternal death. Count me the fuck out. I don't want any part of that shit. That, and that's that's kind of where I decided that I was so scared. And even to the point of like, it, it would consume me in the worst ways, even as an adult of just thinking about this and going through these cycles of faking it and like, I should, it it was the whole thing going back to Pascal's wager, which is also a bullshit thing. Like maybe if I just go to church, even if I don't believe just because like, what if it does exist? That's bullshit too. Like it's not real. Mm -hmm. You know, I just couldn't bring myself to believe this thing that I was brought up on just because it was scary to me. I never felt warmth or comfort or love in this religion ever. 
I had a realization recently that I think that you'll love. Okay, go. I'm ready. So I was watching Devil's Advocate with Connor, which I had never seen. It was okay. It was really long and kind of boring, but it was okay. (laughs) Al Pacino plays the devil. And I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, so the main character's mom is very religious and you see her in church and she says prayers and she sings and all of that and you know al pacino's the devil he's here on earth doing these terrible things he doesn't have any church doing that you don't hear about the church of satan singing and having bible time to talk about the bad things that he's done you don't ever hear that but then satan still has all this power you know almost more power than god sometimes then why are we powering him up if he's if he's not doing anything with it with all of these prayers and sunday schools and right yeah and it's just like first of all lucifer i would the I know that this is like kind of a little off of what you were saying, but just because you brought up the devil here. <laughs> Obviously, if you're an atheist, you don't believe in the devil either. I'll get there in just a second. But if you look at the satanic temple principles, by the way, way more Christian. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the what Christians want you to believe they are than any like church. Well, if you look at Satan, if you look at... At the basis for Lucifer, he was not a bad guy. He just wanted God to be loved as much as he loved God. And he would test humanity on that. That's all he did. He didn't hate humans. He just would test them. And then God got pissed off and, you know, they had a big old battle and, like, that was it. The war So he's not a bad fucking guy. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'd rather hang out with Lucifer, to be perfectly honest with you. Dude, especially because knowing that he was just doing it to make sure that his father was loved, I can totally understand that. Like, you're not going to come in faking it. I want to make sure that you actually like the dude. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting, too, is, you know, a lot of doctrine will tell you that Lucifer wanted to be greater than God and Lucifer, like, got greedy and all this stuff. And it's like, hmm. His sin was pride and rebelling against God. And it's like, well, maybe he saw that God was a narcissistic fucking asshole and he liked humans. Right. You know what I right. mean? Like, Ex- I don't exactly. know. Exactly. an assumption, but you know, like, thanks, Satan. Appreciate it. Trying to yeah. take down God because God's <laughs> over here being like, hellfire. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Like, I'm not a fan of these Hollywood demons. They can fuck off. But you know what I mean? Like, that's just what, that's the Christian version of Lucifer and these demons. Yeah. Which is I very mean, comforting to me because they're terrifying. Yeah. Let's also talk about the fact that Lucifer is not even really in the Bible. He's not in the Old Testament. And he's in like one tiny little fucking scene of the New Testament. That's it. Well, yeah, he, he like tempt Jesus thing. a couple yeah, times or something. <laughs> yeah. Like I actually have, I found my mother, bless her heart. She came and saw me in January when I moved and she brought me a bunch of my Bibles that she bought me when she, she also bought me and my husband Bibles with our names in them. She keeps trying, <laughs> but I actually think I'm going to read them. Because I think it's important if you're going to speak against a doctrine to understand what you're speaking against. I have a Bible that has a little red section at the bottom that talks about the historical context of what was going on at the time. And I love it. I'm not very far into it. I'm still in Genesis, but I keep trying to work at it. Yeah. Genesis, son of blank, son of blank, son of blank, son of blank. Correct. Exactly. And begotten. And. God, it's like, I get it. You all fucked each other. Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Now what? Yeah. Well, and it's not that I don't know the Bible. It's just I blocked a lot of that shit out. Yeah, that's another thing. Like, I remember, see, this is terrible. I remember this adorable little, like, cutesy child version of the Bible that I loved when I was younger because it was just stories to me. It was just fairy tales to me. And I want to get one for my kid so bad eventually but connor's kind of like on the fence and i'm like fine 
But I remember reading all of that and I knew all those stories, but it's different as a child than as an adult. See, I'm sure I had one of those Bibles, but the thing is like when I started coming up in religion, like it was just very all, it was all intertwined with going to the adult sermons and Mm -hmm. vacation Bible school and watching the videos and singing the songs. And like, you know, it was, it it just felt very culty. I loved vacation Bible school doing the crafts. Oh, it was fun. That was just like one thing though. Like, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I now that I look back on everything else that happened to me, though, if if you know, Brad has been to like I think one church event, and his sister went to like one church camp, and I think a few experiences like that, you may be able to have fond memories. But when it was like you went to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, yeah. church camps during the summer, all the yeah, vacation Bible schools, like yeah, it was just like. Okay, that that's that's all bad stuff. I don't like it. <laughs> you know, like right. Mm. Like I know your mom is upset, and I'm not trying to point fingers, but at the same time, it's kind of her fault that you're you're so upset about religion. Well, she like force fed you it. It's so interesting because I'm from the the south, and there are so many people that have the exact same upbringing, the exact same church, the exact same teachings, and they are this doing the same thing that my mom did to me with their kids. Like it could have gone two different ways and I think that's just a testament to she in my opinion got very lucky but to her maybe you know just got unlucky with the type of skeptical child that she had Mm -hmm. I was gonna say I think you were too smart for religion I think that I also just understood that love needs to be unconditional and they're trying to say this God's love is unconditional when the entire bible is full of conditions resulting in death yeah, that's another thing. I think, I know I'm getting all spiritually, and I know this isn't the Exorcisters, but I believe in a lot of that spiritual stuff, and I believe you are an empath. So you deeply feel things that you hear and see in other people's lives. Like, it's not just a, oh, yeah, that must have sucked. Like, it hurts you hearing these stories. So, I mean, of course, being smart and that, it's not going to help. Yeah, and, and like, I definitely would, you know, when we were talking about Noah, I was like, I literally have this image of people raising their arms out of the water and screaming at this boat. And I did as a child too. I was visualizing thousands of people drowning as a five-year-old. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit is what fucks kids up. And that's not what they're thinking about when they're telling the story of Noah, but you will have children like that. Mm -hmm. You will have children like me. And even if they they don't get it at that point, the rest of what goes into it, depending on the type of church. And again, my church was not even like majorly evangelical Presbyterians. Like they drink, they smoke, they cuss. Like, again, like this is not like they they don't like they use birth control. You know what I mean? Like the, the, this is not like crazy evangelical church. Like I was very fortunate in that we were pretty chill church. You know what I mean? So the fact that Mm -hmm. I'm having all of these issues and I didn't grow up Mormon or super fundamentalist, I would say semi-fundamentalist because like there still were, don't get me wrong. I was still in the South. I was still in the Bible belt and I was still in a, you know, Christian household. Okay. So, you know, purity culture, all that stuff still applied. But as far as like, could have been worse goes could have been way worse (laughs) right but you know and then we bring the hell thing into it and I would you know I I specifically remember one time we had moved so we were Methodist now not that it matters I was in my garage it's so weird the things you remember you know like little reels Mm -hmm. that play in your head for what fucking reason I had I don't know it was significant to me for some reason that it created some core memory (laughs) I was in my garage and I think it was the word shit that I just thought it. I didn't even say it out loud. And I immediately started praying for forgiveness and asking not to go to hell. I think it was eight or nine. Jesus. And that stuff happened all the time. So that was like one little cuss word. And sometimes you can't even like help what your brain just throws out into the open. You know what I mean? So like one little cuss word here and then imagine when like I started finding people attractive and like it was confusing Mm -hmm. and then I 
found out things felt good. And so it was just constantly trying to pray for forgiveness. I would assume it would be the same thing as Hail Marys and Catholicism, you know, as like, please fucking don't send me to hell. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's another thing. Like I had even being Catholic, which was I'm not saying it's an intense religion. It's not, but it's one of the more intense I didn't have I had like Catholic light like I didn't do the rosary beads I thought they were fucking cool I think it's a badass necklace but I never did any of the actual prayers or anything like that so it didn't affect me that much yeah see I I'm glad that in you know being a Protestant there was no confessional or anything because my ass would have been running to that church every single day it sounds like yeah that's how terror and that that shit stays with you and that's where that fine line of being mentally abusive is and it's hard to say who's doing is it just the whole idea of god itself is mentally abusive absolutely yes 100 percent. and then there's like where does the church's responsibility come in because they're just telling the stories they believe in but they do have to take some responsibility because they're mm-hmm. perpetuating those stories right Mm-hmm. I, it's it's just difficult, be, you know, to and because I'm not saying. I mean, if, if it was up to me, yeah, we would say like, yeah, religion is not true, and like, you know, let's just everyone be secular humanists, and everybody will be happy, and nobody will be told they can't have abortions or killed for religion or told that they can't do this or can't do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But there are studies that show that religious affiliation can produce a lot of guilt and a lot of anxiety in children. I mean, I'm sure there are studies that show the opposite, that it's good for I community. I was going to say, exactly. Like, there's studies that show that religion is very beneficial to people as well. But also, like, I think it very much depends on the type of child that you are. And also it can be very situational because I think that these, these studies, basically what they're saying is while this community helps a lot of time, that community is helping the very exact same thing it's causing. So it's Mm kind of like a, you know, if you didn't cause it in the first place, you wouldn't need the community to help you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the joke of, you know, you're an alcoholic who is an alcoholic because of the terrible things that they've heard in church. And later on you go to AA meetings in the basements of churches. It's like, okay. When you set these standards on children that are almost unattainable, especially when you get to middle school and high school. And again, coming back to what I said earlier in the episode and you can't maintain this facade of sexual purity, you're literally given this biological gift, you know, it's by evolution, but let's just say by God for the sake of a religious argument that you're supposed to wait until you're, you know, well, I don't know, 18 for, you know, some people that just get married because they want to have sex. But let's say in your 20s, like, how do you live up to those almost impossible standards without some sort of depression, anxiety, guilt, or in some worst cases, horrible psychological fallout? Mm-hmm. You know, that's not fair either. I would almost say that's borderline abusive too, mm-hmm. mentally. Like, you can't, like, you get into middle school and high school and all you, <laughs> you're figuring stuff out and so are your friends and potentially partners. Like, what Catholic kids or Christian kids really can live up to that? Mm-hmm. That's why you have Mormon soaking. Do you know what soaking is, Kristen? I do not. Hmm. Well, soaking is apparently. Now, some people say it's real. Some people say they haven't really heard of it. But like this one girl was like, no, it's for sure a thing, especially at BYU. Soaking is when you have, you know, because we're Mormon, we have a hetero male, female, cis male, cis female partner. And they can't have sex, right? Ooh, are you talking about when they just sit there? We put it in. Oh, and we yeah, just Connor was telling me about that recently. Sit there and don't move. And if you have a really cool friend, they just kind of jump on the bed. That's, yeah, that's, that's disgusting. 
I mean, you got to find ways around it, you know? Okay, sure. I'm that's, just saying. No, no, that's terrible. But that's how you find, you know, that's that's what that kind of guilt creates is, you know, and then also that you don't know about sex. You get married and you don't know what you're doing and maybe you don't even know how to do it. Yep. Your parents aren't going to tell you. And God knows we're not allowed to have sex education classes. Especially not in Utah <laughs> or Texas. God forbid. And then you also coming back to like the conditional love thing. It's really hard to set a precedent with the, the most supreme omnipotent being there is having conditions. Like it's hard because your parents are imperfect people too. So sometimes it feels like their love is conditional. And in some fundamentalist houses, if it is, you know, mm -hmm. so if God doesn't love you unconditionally, who will? And that can also lead down a very slippery slope, mm -hmm. a very sad, slippery slope, especially when you're told that as a little child and you're figuring out that there are conditions on these things. Like I got mind fucked as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what the hell? You're like, it doesn't make sense. And if you don't do what you're told, it's not like you go sit in a corner and in heaven for, you know, a couple of years, you know, on the scale of eternity, you go to hell. Tell me about it. You or, go you know, to the absolute worst place imaginable. Or for me, actually, what was worse was thinking of the fact that I don't know if it, this is all religions, but it, at least it's in Catholicism. You go to purgatory first. Basically, no matter how good of a person you were, you go to purgatory first, which is not heaven. And honestly, it sounds worse than hell to me. It You just sit there and wait your time out. Like, that's why in the Middle Ages and Renaissance ages, you could pay the church to get you out of purgatory sooner or family members so that they could go to heaven. So if you're a bad person, you go to hell. But if you're just a person, you still have to wait years upon years to get out of purgatory. That's when I was like, okay, that's fine. That's not for me. I'm good. What also really scared me was that I was going to be judged. I was going to have a judgment day in front of God and that he was basically going to show me a film of every sin I had ever committed. And I was going to have to relive every shameful moment. So when I did say shit as an eight-year-old, he was going to play that for me and shame me for it. So that scared me almost as much as hell did that I was going to have to like rewatch every horrible moment that I regretted in front of God. And he was going to show me this movie of my life, not the good parts, not the, the fun, kind things I did, not the prayers I had said, not the church things I had gone to, you know, none of those, we, those are wiped that, that we're done with that. you didn't, you know, accept me into your heart enough times, even though you did it, you know, eight times before you were in seventh grade because you felt pressured to and didn't really understand what you were doing. None of that matters. It's all of these years and years and years of sins that you had committed. Let's watch those together while I scold you and then send you to hell. Question. Sure. Why? This is just curiosity. Because it's the sin is taking God's name in vain. So, you know, like Jesus Christ. Like, I get that. Why was shit? Why did shit scare you so much? Because I was told not to cuss as a kid and they told me that was a bad thing. So I just tied it in. With, you just put them together. Yeah. Wow. But that it was going against my parents. That's a commandment. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, like, I yeah. see. I see. Honor that father and mother. So Got it. Okay. Also not cussing, you know, I just assumed God didn't want me to do that either. Mm -hmm. And also what parents do is they tell you that God's always watching you. So you better do what they tell you to do. So they use it as a form of discipline as well. Cry. You better not shut. Yeah. Yeah. Santa though. <laughs> Santa's not going to send me to hell. Santa may just not bring me a fucking Barbie doll. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay, but let's talk about that. Like, Santa is one of the scariest things for kids. Like, it really is. Kids love getting presents and eventually get over it because of the fun of Christmas. But let's really think about it. Santa is fucking scary to kids. And there are so many that just freak out. That's part of freaking out on Santa's lap. Like, he's this big bearded dude that's scary, who knows what you're doing all the time, who just breaks into your fucking house. Like, that is some scary fucking shit. And honestly, Santa, basically a parallel with God. So it makes sense on why these are so scary. Yeah, also, I have issues. Like, if I had kids, I would have such major conflict on the whole Santa thing because, like, I would want to breed skepticism into my children, like, you know, and not Mm -hmm. lie to them. I don't want to lie to my children. But also, like, I had such a fun time as a kid with Santa Claus, and I don't feel like I did any damage. (laughs) So, like, yeah, I I have such a hard time with that one. The one that I have, and now this is kidding a little off topic, but I'm just going to share it anyway, is fucking Disney. Like, I loved Disney. I was a Disney kid, like all the Disney princesses. I love all that shit. But I also know that it's a bad fucking business. It is a monopoly. It's fucked up. It No, it is not a good thing. And I don't want my kids to have Disney, but also like Winnie the Pooh's awesome. And <laughs> I struggle. It's kind of hard to get away from Disney because they own so many networks now. And you could say the same thing about Universal, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like no ethical consumption under capitalism. Like you just yeah. do the best you can, but I have old VHSs that they're not getting money from anymore if you just want to come over and watch those. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you know. See, that's more shit with Disney. I know we're going God, we need to have a Disney episode. Like the fucking Finding Nemo thing, they stole that from somebody. Somebody wrote a book, they fucking sued the guy, stole his book and turned it into a movie and made a buku amount of money. That's fucked up. They also Disney's sued an elementary up. school for filming like the Lion King or something. See, Disney is fucked up. Do you They're know how much money people. my elementary school owes Disney? Do you know how many movies like, we exactly. watched? <laughs> You're fucking Disney. Get the fuck over it. Oh my god. Yeah. You just bought Star Wars. Okay, calm down. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. Dude. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, I mean, you right. And, like, if you want to be a parent and raise your kids in religion, it's really hard to justify the Bible and then also teach them that they deserve love no matter what. Yeah, I mean, like, how do you how do you sit there and be like, I love you unconditionally no matter what and you deserve love no matter what and there's nothing you can do? you know aside from like hurting yourself or so I mean even hurting yourself like you still deserve love but like you know aside from like killing a hu- another human being or an animal that like you know you don't deserve unconditional love like who you are deserves unconditional love and then they're gay and it's like oh that was it you're going to hell like that doesn't right. that, like no that that's not conducive with you know traditional Christianity. I know that there are progressive forms of Christianity, but even those forms of Christianity kind of have to make excuses and, you know, kind of circumvent their own religion, but only because it's been rewritten so many times. But then at the same time, you're just kind of like, well, then how do you even know your own religion at that point? So... Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started on that one. Like, this is not the original Bible that we have now. Calm the fuck down. That's what I'm saying. Like, how does anybody even know what they believe? And then they're putting people down for those beliefs. And that's what I wanted. Like, if I could just talk to my mom and she would actually listen to me, like, we could have such a productive conversation. But, like, that'll never happen. Mm -hmm. Which is another problem that I have with people that are super religious because they don't actually want to know the truth. They're all about, like, this is the truth. The way, the truth, and the life. Or the light. I don't remember which one. I think it's the life. And then it's like, but it's not <laughs> like you don't actually mm-hmm. know what you're talking about. Right. <sighs> I just, you know, I, is religion indoctrination child abuse? I don't have an answer to be perfectly honest. I think that indoctrination is very dangerous because mm-hmm. if you look at where you are born, that is very likely the religion you will always be. and that's indoctrination Mm -hmm. so you know i that doesn't always mean people will be dangerous but if you look at the state of america and the laws that are being passed that is dangerous and abusive indoctrination correct 
correct. Absolutely. That you are forcing on the rest of society. I don't care if you don't believe in abortions, then don't get one. But don't force everyone else. Right. And hell and the fear of hell and using hell to manipulate and scare people into behaving, whether it is behaving you or behaving an entity is just wrong in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because it has, it still is, it's will always sit in the back of my mind, no matter how atheist I am, it will still be there. And you know, or maybe it won't be in five years or next year or 10 years. I don't know. But right now it is. And I still come here and say like, I'm an atheist, but it, there's always a, but like hell still scares me. Like I hear stories of people that, that die and they're like, oh, I went to hell and it smelled like sulfur. And I'm like, well, you had a near death experience and you had a dream. Right. But you know, it, there, there's always those things that are like, that's that scare me or scare people, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you have to just be, or like for me, I just have to be more skeptical and stronger than the fear that was instilled in me when I was too young to think about it like that. Mm-hmm. Even though I had already kind of started, it was, I was just too young, mm-hmm. you know? You can fuck up your kids before you even realize it. Like literally, I think every parent does to an extent, but the least amount yeah. of damage you can do, like if you make a conscious decision to like not fuck up your kid, you have a pretty good chance. You know, mm-hmm. I saw this meme the other day and it was like two parents pushing a stroller and one of them was like, you need to go to therapy. And the other one was like, no, you need to go to therapy first. And then the the kid in the stroller, it just said, I feel like I'm going to be the one that goes to therapy first. Correct. Like, you know, do your, like, take care of your shit. And, you know, gentle parenting is the way. And don't spank your kids. Ta-da. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in for this episode of Oddest is Hottest. Let us know what your thoughts are. All the socials are Oddest is Hottest, except for Twitter, which is Oddest Hottest. And our Gmail is Oddest is Hottest at gmail.com. If you want to send in any recommendations for topics that you'd like to hear us talk about, or if you'd just like to share your thoughts with us on topics we have already talked about, please feel free to send it in. Until next time. Bye. bye.